Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off, 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 off the Record. Welcome back to Off The Record. This is Crossfader's podcast with myself, Jamie Hartley. We've got some of the other Crossfader team members again with us. I'm just going to quickly run through. So if you're new to this podcast, you know who you're listening to. We've got Holland to my left-hand side. Hello. We've got Lawrence James hello, to my hello, left-hand hello. side and Danny James to my right-hand side. Whoop, whoop. So this is exciting. This is the second episode of Off The Record. Um, we really enjoyed the first episode. If you haven't listened to it, obviously check that out after this one. In this episode, we're going to be breaking down how we all got started by getting gigs in the industry. So moving from our bedroom to that all-important club or bar or even party environment and how we started and made that transition and some of the experiences that go along with that. We're also going to be giving some advice for anyone out there who is in that position themselves wanting to get either more gigs or take you know, take their hobby a bit more seriously and take it to the next level. So we're going to be breaking lots of that down today. I'm so excited to get stuck into this because it is one of the most asked questions for a lot of DJs out there, new DJs. How do I get gigs? How do I take it to the next level? So we're going to get stuck straight into that. First of all, let's just find out. Has anyone been up to anything exciting this week? What's been going on in the Crossfader camp? Um, few product launches, a lot yeah. of products. So few product launches keeping us awake at night. At Websites. The, at the time of this getting recorded, um, mm. you'll be seeing this a few weeks later. But at the time of being recorded, it was around when the DDJ 1000 SRT was announced and launched. Big, big release for Serato DJ. Huge. So many people asking for that controller, and it's finally here. It's so good. It's yep. so good. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, we we're all quite excited <laughs> to get one in the studio. Um, Pioneer DJ loaned us a unit just before it was released, which is really exciting. We got to get hands on with it and put a video out as as the release got announced. So yep. yeah, yeah it's really cool. Uh, DJ seven hundred seven M by Roland was also released this week at the DJ Expo. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's all for the new products at the moment. Um, gigs. There yeah. Could be, there could be more. Got any gigs? Oh. I've had any gigs, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. I've done Leeds, Hull, Huddersfield over the last week. It's been it's funny. Been it's a funny time of the year, isn't it? Because horrible time of the year. Students are away, cities, yeah. Um, but then some college kids come back, so some nights are okay, some nights are not. Yeah, my Fridays are pretty shocking at the moment, yeah. um, but the Saturdays are good, and the midweek ones actually. The uni kids are away, but the college kids are off. Yeah. So there's still a crowd there, thankfully, for me. But um, have you, been, you had any gigs? Yeah, I was in Malia um, this weekend. Flew out to Malia, did a gig with Devilman. Uh, if you're from the UK, you will know who Devilman is. The drum and bass father. If, if not, a, then YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Is a, he's got like a drum and bass kind of anthem. Um, so we performed with him in, uh, out in Malia in Greece Danny, this weekend. Danny uh, did a tune with him. You did make a tune with him, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. We won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that out. It's um, not actually out, is it? Well, it's it wasn't supposed to be. Right. It's kind of gotten leaked. Um, one day we'll cover that one. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, and then, well, tomorrow's like the biggest night of the year as well. Is it? Oh, what day are we on? Wednesday? Thursday, yes. It's A level results. Oh, yes. So tomorrow night's a Whoa. big one as well. So it's A level results in the oh, UK wow. where all the students get uh, results. And it's a big. Big. This, this leads on quite nicely because yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, these big dates, things like yeah. A-level results, things Halloween. like Halloween, Halloween things yeah. like New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve, they're a really good opportunity for new DJs yeah. to get that first so gig. So oh yeah, because every venue's open. Every and venue wants a DJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're asking around all the, 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 the good DJs that are working regularly will likely they're be all booked. booked. So all suddenly, yeah. 
venues are like, we need a DJ, we can't find anyone, they're all booked. And then this well, is where opportunities can well, arise. Well, where I'm playing tomorrow, because it's, it's got three rooms, so the, the normal DJs are in two other rooms. And the downstairs room, there's, we've got a student, we've got like a college kid in, who's, you know, helping sell tickets, and it's like one of his first ever gigs, so exactly right. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Yeah, we, nice. we've, I got a text message the other day, yesterday, saying we're going to open the R&B room of this event yeah. uh, does your mate want to do it yeah. mate of mine's just like coming up through the ranks um, mm. and unfortunately he's in, he's on holiday because he, oh. thought, he thought Lawrence here was, was playing in <laughs> oh, Zante so he went to see me in Zante he went to go see you you're here recording know, this and he's missing out on that gig I hope, you, I hope your holiday's going well <laughs> unlucky Kieran <laughs> yeah sorry to pull him away from that, that important yeah, well. gig um, yeah I mean that's yeah. again one of the first tips is is being available and mm, being definitely. open to opportunities. Open to opportunities. Those big dates and, are really important. And getting to know your local DJs, not yeah. only to to learn from and to aspire to be part of them, but if you show yourself to be a reliable, trustworthy, nice yeah. person, where usually the resident DJs and the, the well-known DJs, the promoters and the club owners will come to us first us and first. say, can you do it or do you know anyone? Yeah, and and I don't know about you guys, but I certainly benefited when I was yeah. to DJ by knowing the right people. And, sure, and, yeah, yeah, and having I mean, the right attitude with them people. A club owner or promoter is going to trust the DJ that they pay on a weekly basis mm-hmm. to to say whether someone's good enough or not for that. Trust event. their judgment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that's the first big tip before we even get stuck into this. Yeah, yeah. actually, that go. came about. That's there. Tip number one. Tip number one. Um, I think let's go back um, yeah. and let's. Sort of talk a bit about how we got some of our first gigs in the industry, and yeah. obviously this this w- was a lot longer ago. Times might have changed, and things that we may have to do, or the way the industry is has changed. But there's still some t- you know value from learning about how definitely we yeah. got our first gigs, and and then how it compares to nowadays as well. So mm-hmm. anyone want to volunteer to go first? Do we have the reminisce button? I don't <laughs> think we, do oh, we have we it do, here? Yeah. Oh my god. Let's take it back. We're in 2013 right now. Okay, so who wants to go first? Who, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was well it's similar to what we were just talking about there. I knew a DJ just from going out when I was really young. Uh, met a DJ. He let me kind of stand in the booth for a few gigs, and that got me hooked. And you know, it turns out he was just one of the most connected DJs. We all know him, Simo, um, oh, in, the, in the in the in the in the industry, and. He, I was, yeah, I was, I was literally working. I was like renting houses out for like six months, and he basically came to the office and then dragged me out, and he's like, "You're working for me now, basically." <laughs> and um, yeah, within kind of the space of I don't know three months, I had, I went from like my first ever kind of gig in a club where um, I got paid like ten pounds or something. In like three months later, I had like six like residencies across Leeds. So just you know, how long ago was this roughly? Um, so when I started, so maybe eight or nine years ago, something like that. Yeah. So um, I'd say eight or nine years ago, yeah. that obviously there weren't as many DJs or mm-hmm. DJing. It, it, it wasn't as popular as it is now. And it's it, it was a harder kind of, not, hard not a talent. It, 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 was, it was like vinyl and very early CDs. So you had to have, a, you know, a high level of skill to be a, to be considered to play in a club, if, yeah, if that exactly. makes sense. Yeah, not yeah. that you can't. Yeah, you can't press a sync button and, and, and Yeah, and, exactly. And crack not on. to put anyone down. No, no, no. Maybe no, watching no, this and going, oh, I'm on a controller. Yeah, there wasn't, then it was harder. there wasn't as many um, kind of 
technically good DJs at that time. Put to it get this way, if, if you're playing vinyl, you've got to have yeah. a big enough music collection. That's you've got it. to be able to yeah. own enough records. Exactly. You can't just click download exactly, on yeah. the so latest tunes. So yeah, yeah. that's, so that's yeah. a big point as well. So that's how I got into it, yeah. Nice, nice. Mm. Well, well done for going from so quickly gaining... You know, so yeah, many gigs. Yeah, it's, it was, uh, that's it quite was, impressive. Uh-huh. Did before we move on to the next yeah. person, did you end up working with Simo, f- the, this promoter, for quite a while after that? Did yeah, yeah. Th- th- throughout, you know, you you you, you meet other kind of networkers and, and promoters through throughout it, and yeah, you just kind of you gaining you gaining experience, and you're networking by by not really networking. You just meet other like-minded people that are interested in what doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, you know, before you know it, you know, you're in a position to then, you know, start giving other people opportunities as well. So, yeah, sure. um, yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Holland, do you want to? I kind of, I kind of covered majority of mine in episode one. So if you're not watched that or listen to it, head back. Obviously, I started a bit differently. I started working in the club in a different position. I was handing out flyers, did a bit of bar work, then did the light jockey, and then the DJ, who I met through doing all that, offered me. Offered to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, but by doing that, I got to know a couple of the other DJs about um, one of the other DJs on the Monday night, which is a student night. We used to do like 3,000 people on a Monday night. It was mental. He was a guy called James Dyson. Um, sadly, he's no longer with us. Um, but he was the one who Simon on the Saturday was teaching me. James was more teaching me of how not the music side of it, but how to conduct myself, how yeah. to how to um, yeah. meet new people. So he like would take me to Huddersfield, which was a nearby town that had a university, mm-hmm. um, and he'd walk me around every single venue and introduce me to the managers and be like, yeah. "Look, if you need someone, someone drops out, this is your man. Give That's me a good. ring." And he did all that for me. And then, unfortunately, like I mentioned, um, he passed away just suddenly. He was only like twenty four. Yeah. Um, and that left a gulf. I mean, like a, a massive hole in the industry. Because yeah. I mean, he was a very well-known DJ. Won the uh, Corona DJ of the Year competition. Yeah. He was he was really on the ascendancy, and um, unfortunately, just had a brain hemorrhage and, and passed away. And um, this this void was left, and DJs were falling into cover, and gigs were opening up left, right, and yeah. centre. People were moving about. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, being one of his uh, close friends at the time. Um, and knowing the people, because he'd been so nice to to drag me around these venues, yeah. I end up meeting and, and getting opportunities where I probably wouldn't have done it as quickly. And yeah. then I seized that opportunity, did a good job, yeah. and and the rest is really which is like which is important. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, and the rest job. is kind of history. It's, not, it's just not just like turning up and you know doing what like ticking a box, is it? It's yeah, just, no, you no, know, no. You've got to you do, have you to gotta, do the job, yeah, right? You got to do it. And yeah, I did that, and the rest kind of is history. I I, I stayed. Close to my, my roots, I, I DJed at Wakefield for a long time, that initial club that gave me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I worked for them for many years up until the day they really closed their doors. I was part of their team. But I also took over opportunities in neighbouring yep. towns yeah. and cities. And yeah, and and also, I, I just sorry, I don't want to ban on too long, but there was a really good story about how I got in with a, a national brand called Carnage, which is a T-shirt student Like a event. bar crawl, isn't it? Yeah, yeah one of the DJs who who was meant to do the event had gone to a beefer and just not told anyone right. they were about to open the club and there's no one there and i got a phone call it was my anniversary with my ex-girlfriend <laughs> i was literally laid in bed after watching a film and just had a really nice night and then my phone rings i answer and it's like 
stop what you're doing, get in your car and drive to Huddersfield, yeah. drive to Tokyo nightclub, you're on in 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay. Do it. It didn't go down too well with her, but <laughs> I got out of bed and I did it. And I did a good job there. And all of a sudden, Carnage took me up and down the country. Nice. Like, I did a good job yeah. for nice. this promoter I'd never met before, guy called Chris. And I literally ended up going from the top of the country to the bottom country with them. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Amazing. seizing opportunities as yeah. well, being available and pushing yourself. You know, It would have been easy for me to say no that night. Yeah. yeah. yeah as soon as you're in with a brand, especially someone that's doing events up and down oh, yeah. the country or in multiple locations, it's then... It's easy for them to turn around like, who's our reliable DJ? Right, that person. We don't have to think about it. Yep. We're just going to go to that reliable DJ that we already use yep. and send him up and down the exactly, country. And, yeah. and suddenly your gigs go from one or two to it now turning and into a full-time career. And other so. people take notice when you start doing big gigs or brands that people have heard of. Yeah, People take notice very quickly of what you're doing. They're like, oh, who is this kid? Oh, wow. What? are you doing that already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was just literally being the only guy on that night who was willing to get out of bed. Yeah. yeah. So um, seizing the opportunities that you get is a major, major part. I think. Just before we move on, I just want to say it's it's quite a nice thing that you know, obviously, a friend of yours passed away, but someone that he obviously cared about has taken, yeah, yeah, you no. know, taken it on, taken it on and, and someone that he's you know personally yeah. taken to mentored. certain venues and mentored. It's that's yeah, quite a nice sentiment. It was. As it well, was. Like. I mean, we had a tribute gig for him um, after he passed away, and we had, I mean, we had super superstars there as well, like people like. At the time, uh, there's a guy called Official, uh, if you YouTube him on Facebook, him, unreal. He was the percussionist at that nightclub that I was talking about. Oh, really? Um, so I knew him from me DJing and him banging some bongos. He's gone on to such heights, and he was there. Uh, I was there. Uh, pretty much every DJ in West Yorkshire was, was almost at this event, yeah, and so. it was a really good opportunity to network. We were yeah. there for a tragic cause. And I wasn't there to benefit out of it. I'm not saying they no, get no. a business proposition at all. It was just nice to get to know everyone. And when everyone knows, realizes, oh, you're, you're that guy yep. and you're a nice guy. And, and people feel more inclined, like, you know, like there are little clicks within certain cities and certain yeah. towns. And yeah. if you conduct yourself in the right way and you come across with the right attitude from, from the start, be I nice, be reliable. It goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It goes a long way. Amazing. Let's move on then. Yeah. Uh, Danny James. So yeah. obviously, yeah. if anyone that hasn't listened, um, Danny's a little bit younger. Than us, um, just, well, a, how, just a little bit though. How how many oh. years ago did you? <laughs> well, how many years ago was it that you had some of your first gigs in the night? So, first time I ever played in an actual club, I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. How many years ago is that? Was your mum there? <laughs> oh, I'm, no, I'm eight years ago. Yeah. Oh no, I'm twenty-two now. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my first ever time playing in the club was uh, it was mint. That's right. the first club yep. I ever played that. Did they serve J to us in Leeds? <laughs> well, it was it wasn't an over eighteen event oh, right, at right, the right, time, okay. but uh, I didn't actually start playing in venues like that were clubs. It was it was bars really. So um, I first started out when I was um, I think the first gig I did I was fourteen, and it was like a friend's birthday. He hired out this music venue in Leeds called Iger Studios, which is like up off the. Bypass. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he put like an event on there, and he was. Um, it was only meant to be for his birthday, but then like kids in the area found out about it and it literally like rave. The text. It was like a rave. rave. And this was the first time I'd ever played to any sort of crowd. I was like, <laughs> Oh, let me play at your party. And he was like, It's just because it was someone that I knew from class and yeah. he was like, All right, cool, yeah, do it. And this was the first time I ever played at a party and I showed up and there was like five hundred people there for my first Jeez. ever gig. I was Did like, you get nervous? <laughs> Were you nervous? Did you well, take that stage? I, I, I got there before everyone came in and then like people just started flooding in. It didn't stop. I was like, I don't, right. I know like a corner of this venue, like that was it. There was like a bunch of friends and then it was 
all the schools in the area showed up. I bet that like, kid was an absolute yeah. legend. Oh, mate, yeah. Like, we, we tried to do it, like, so many times after, yeah. but it just didn't work out. Yeah, but yeah. So it was that. And then from that one, there was a few people at the party, like, oh, will you come play at my birthday party? And this time I was doing gigs for free. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll DJ your party. I don't care. Um, and then off the back of that, one of these uh, parties was at this venue uh, in a little town just outside of Leeds. And uh, this guy heard me DJ, and he was like, oh, I'm looking for someone to do Fridays and Saturdays for me. I was like, okay, I'm uh, I'm only 16, 15, but I'll do it. <laughs> so I was like still really young at the time. Um, and then he was like, all right, cool. Uh, so I started playing there every Friday and Saturday from like 8 p.m. till midnight. And I had, I had to take like, my own speakers and everything. Jeez. Um, and I literally had my dad like drive me everywhere and mm-hmm. take my speakers in the car. And then from the back of that, I was like, all right, I actually kind of like doing this. Yeah. So then I went to a bar that was a bit closer to where I live. Um, literally just put a mix through their door and I was like I was so um interested in not like just DJs like big time DJs but like DJs in like the lead scene because I was still too young to go out but I was like super interested in it I was like listening to like your mixes and some other guys and I was like okay this is sick so like, I tried to kind of focus my DJing around that style, you know, like the club style, even yeah, though yeah. it wasn't what I was DJing in. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you kind of envisioned where you wanted to be, like the yeah. next step in your career, and yeah, thought, oh, sure. what are these other DJs around me doing and yeah. how can I kind of replicate or, or do something along those lines yeah. that then hopefully lead to opportunities yeah. when you're old enough or whatever. I mean, it's a good tip as well for anyone listening, yeah. you yeah. know, to look at your, cl- don't look too big, you know, you're not yeah, going to yeah. go from your bedroom to a festival stage and if you do it's probably going to be like a very lucky break and yeah. and it might not last a lengthy amount you're of time gonna, you're not you going to be ready for you're it you're not no. going to be ready for it yeah so yeah. look you know look at the smaller circle first and look at that just that next stepping stone i think that's mm. a really good good point to take away from that and when i posted the cd through the door of this bar um it was like a restaurant downstairs a bar upstairs and um because of the style of mixing that i was doing wasn't like the other djs that they already had it was mm-hmm. the djs that they already had were just playing like top 40 commercial music and it was yeah, like stop course, start yeah. they weren't actually mixing yeah. um and this guy he called me and he because left like a business card in the cd well and he was like oh i really like what you're doing and the way he saw it was like when all the uni students finished they all flooded back to this bar like out of term time and then he was like oh i could get like a club style dj in here Amazing. and then he had me on like both both we, like every friday and saturday of the weekends and then i did that for a few years so you almost turned around turned a venue into something new, like yeah, you yeah, kind yeah, of changed yeah. the way the venue was perceived, yeah, and brought, much, yeah. brought more customers by understanding yeah. your market, I suppose, and, yeah, and yeah. what your crowd wanted yeah. to hear yeah. when they were going out, yeah, and, and having the innovation to leave them a mix CD with a yeah, 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 with yeah. A contact, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's what that's how I was sixteen at that time, yeah. and then I was seventeen when I met Jamie. Um, yeah. So, and I think I met you because you put, I saw, I had you on, as a friend on Facebook and I saw that you put a status of saying, oh, I'm looking for new DJs. Can you post a comment to your mix, like a link yeah, to yeah. your mixes and then yeah. I posted a link and then you messaged me. And then I went and met up with you saying, oh, I've got some gigs and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was literally just there, like doing little gigs that you had like going, like spare stuff. And then yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And then off the back of that, it kind of just, yeah. 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 Snowballed. Yeah. I think, um, well, not many. I mean, most people watching this or listening to this won't realize that Crossfader actually started five years ago. Um, and it yeah. started, the idea was that it was going to be more of a DJ agency. Mm-hmm. And there was a school, a one-to-one DJ school that was part of it, but I'd be teaching people um, how to DJ and then eventually pushing them on to some of the gigs that I got offered that I couldn't do or yeah. pushing them on to gigs yeah. that maybe I wanted to stop doing in, in the near future. 
Um, yeah. And but very quickly it turned way more into a DJ school than a DJ agency. But as I was starting up, I came across Danny, and um, he was just a super reliable DJ that yeah. that was really talented for his age. And I just saw myself in him and thought, right, yeah, perfect person yeah, for these gigs. And he just took that opportunity and went went Rolled with it. it like crazy, and and very quickly picked up lots of other gigs because he went, did a really professional job played to the crowd really well just did the right job for those venues and and other promoters saw and it just snowballed from there really well mm. didn't it no, so he, did, no, he, played, yeah. no he plays to 2,000 people every Saturday there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, it's the go. biggest gig in the north it's literally like the it is a snowball thing though when yeah. you go from playing for what I found happened really quickly was once you were working with one student company another student company saw you and like, oh, we want to try this guy. And then another one hears about you and another one. And it literally just builds on yeah. and on and on like from there. Yeah. So here in the UK, if you're from somewhere else in the world listening to this, there are a lot of student event companies. So there'll be companies that set up events for, you know, for, for students, for university students in they'll start in one city yeah. but the because there's so many students in certain cities like big cities like Leeds where we're we're in they'll have a, a Monday night a Tuesday night a Wednesday night a Thursday night a Friday night because students are going out every night of the week in different and cities they'll, and they'll have all those nights then suddenly once they get a reputation they'll branch out into another city and then they might have another five events in another city in, in Manchester and then yeah. in Birmingham and then in London yeah. and these student companies grow to the point of where they might be doing up to 30 gigs a week mm. and they need DJs to cover all those gigs so if you can get in with a student company and be a reliable, you know, <laughs> hardworking DJ that is doing the right job, then suddenly loads of opportunities open up through those same employers, through those same do promoters. do use the same DJs quite a lot, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a case with promoters where it's a bit like that whole that old tale where you kiss a lot of frogs behind your fence. <laughs> <like a prince. laughs> but one is thing that, with student companies is like, they're very, if you're loyal to them, they're very loyal to you. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like, they, they it's a hassle for them to go through a new city mm. and go through the process of weeding out the talent the from yeah. all the DJs who see it more as a hobby than a profession yeah. and people that can't take it professionally or seriously. Mm. Um, so what they usually do, what we've all found, and I'm sure it's the same up and down the country, is once you're in and you've done a good job, if you prove to yourself that you're reliable and you can travel, even if you don't drive, we, we know people that have got on trains and stuff yeah. that, uh, for these, these companies. They will take you everywhere yeah. with them. Now, obviously, this won't necessarily work around the world. This is this no, is in the not. UK, but and maybe some some other major countries. Um, but it's just one avenue. If if there's an opportunity there to work with someone who runs multiple events or multiple venues, then it's a great person to try and get yeah, in with and take opportunities enough. with. So, um, before we go into any more advice for the listener about getting gigs, I'll quickly run through. Sort yeah, of my backstory yeah, um, and how I got gigs. This was about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, actually. So when I was 17, um, so yeah, about... Definitely 11, more than 10 years ago then. Yeah, 12, <laughs> 12 years ago, pretty much. Um, 17, so there's two, two sides to the story. My very first time playing out, this is a funny story, very first time playing out to anyone out of my bedroom was actually in a strip club. Yeah, so baby. <laughs> so my dad ended up, knowing someone who ran this strip club and was like, my son's a DJ, da, da, da. They didn't I'll, know do it, I'll wow. do it for free, I'll do it for free. They, they, didn't, know <laughs> wow. I was, they didn't know I was 17 at the time. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's 19. <laughs> Your yeah, dad's a cool. legend. So he ended, he ended up getting me this, this gig in a strip club. But I was at the point in my, I was DJing, I'm like mixing tunes, I'm loving the music that I'm playing. And this this gig was just me like on Windows Media Player, like oh, dropping nice. some tracks into this like oh, silly, nice. you couldn't really mix on it. It was basically me playing tunes and then I had to, I had to announce 
the strippers. Oh the my stage. god! Oh, so 17, 17 years old. Years old I'm oh, I can, just, can you imagine Jamie just stood in the corner? Please, please. welcome, cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to. No, the, the manager. The manager was like, right. You need to think of some like alliteration. So Plus. like. I'm, I don't know. I, like, I'm yeah. just gonna keep quiet on yeah. this subject. Oh, so. so, I'm amazed by that. I wanted I to get that because that's a mind. funny story. That, that didn't good. lead on to anything. That no. was just an experience. That was oh, just that is an experience. Crazy. Not, not the next Hugh Hefner. No, I only did it for <laughs> a few months, and I wasn't really interested in it because I was more interested in DJing than music. being in a strip in club. Music. Like I was like, <laughs> I just want to DJ to a crowd that want to like yeah. feed off what yeah. I'm doing. You know, you get sick of playing T Pain up and down <laughs> yeah. once, you've, once you've been there for three or four weeks you're like yeah it's yeah. nothing you whatever like you know yeah so that that you know that didn't lead to anything but a, a different side to all of your stories is i kind of started as a promoter more than a dj so i was djing oh, yeah. from when i was about 14 15 yeah. in my bedroom but when i turned 17 me and a friend of mine we were in college and we wanted to set up a college event so an under 18s event like danny like you played at an under yeah, 18s yeah. event we wanted to set an event like that up so that you know, we could just put a party on for all of our mates, basically. Yeah. Um, and we did that. And it actually went really well. And just like your party ended up getting loads of people yeah. to yeah. it, Danny. Um, ours did a similar thing. So we set it up and suddenly it attracted two or three colleges. And we were selling out these events. And, you know, they were, they were working really well. And we were getting a big audience from that and a big following from that. Yeah. And the perfect thing was, I was like, well, save money. I already know how to DJ. I'll DJ at my own event. Yeah. I know the crowd Obviously, that I'm playing to. A very similar thing as yeah, well. And, yeah. it, and it created that opportunity yeah. for me to play to a crowd but I, I put on the event in the first place. Yes, um, you created your own. However, yeah. off the back of that, as I turned 18, I was still promoting, I was still running events, and I started running over-18s events as well and DJing at them. But because we'd built an audience of 17-year-olds, of soon to be 18, here in the UK, when you're 18, you can go out clubbing and drinking. Um, because I had a big following in that that scene, a lot of the promoters that were running student events in Leeds suddenly turned around and were like, who's this Jamie DJ who's running yeah. all these events? <laughs> If we get him to DJ at our event, will he bring all of his mates that you know that, that are following him already to our student night? So it kind of they're looking at it like, you know, they knew I was a, a a solid DJ, but they also thought, well, he's got a big following as well. Can we bring that to our event? Awesome. Um, so that that helped me massively um, is by creating a bit of a following. Um, before I was even 18. So if you're yeah. under 18 out there, don't worry about getting into clubs right now. Try and build your audience, build your following. So yeah. that as soon as you turn. Of, you know, as soon as you're of age to play in nightclubs, mm. you've already got this big audience that you can bring along with you, and promoters are going to love that. And I think um, I think uh, under 18s nights is a uh, is an avenue as well because I know you've done a few as well, yeah, yeah. and I reckon I've done about between like 50 and 100 of them when I was yes, got 17, 18 because obviously the promoter who runs them wanted a an under 18s. Yeah, DJ someone to re- that knows to their, relate to them. Yeah. So, but I remember like, one experience is like the one of the times, especially like learning how to DJ. Like I remember getting booed there, like my second ever gig. Oh jeez! It was like a, it was like a, kind of an Afro Caribbean audience, and I I was playing like soca and dancehall and things, and then I went into like an like an Eminem song, and um, I just they just stopped dancing, and just started booing straight away. <laughs> and uh, but then, but that's that's learning though, and yeah, it's like yeah, learning yeah. on a job. It's like you know you hear comedians getting bombed all the time. When, when yeah starting up is just like through the yeah. process isn't it so yeah. yeah under 18s if you if you can get into uh that when you're if you're a young you know up and coming dj that's a, a good avenue as well that's yeah. a big thing to just segment off as well don't yeah. feel like every mistake you make is going to bring your career down no. it's actually no. a way no. to no. learn you have to make mistakes to learn make from mistakes them. now definitely yeah, yeah. oh yeah don't. So learn every gig yeah i definitely. say the wrong festival the wrong day the wrong university on the microphone <laughs> <It's just laughs> every just, just what yeah, happens yeah. yeah don't worry about yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah just take it on the chin 
learn from it, move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the UK, Great some it. of the biggest DJs that are playing out and about at the moment, yeah. if you knew their backstories, like yeah, we know for them, sure. yeah, yeah. it's their discussion, I won't bring it, but they, yeah. a lot of the DJs that everyone aspires to be like at the moment, yeah. they've been around this club scene a lot longer than and you would you, think. And they mm. have gone through some highs and some lows. And, yeah. and that is about just it's important, perseverance. Yeah. It's big time. You yeah. need to have those like those bad experiences. You need there yeah. needs to be times when you it's accidentally like kill a dance floor or something like. Oh, you got yeah. to, You can't expect to play a festival stage yeah. without playing at an empty room. Empty room Definitely, to begin yeah. with, because you need to learn them skills of how to bring a dance how floor, how to keep a dance floor. Keep a dance yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what? It's harder playing to an empty room than a festival. Oh yeah, anyone oh, yeah. play a festival. <laughs> Much harder job. It, so if you can really do that, is. then if you can do that, you'll easily be able to smash a festival. Yeah, yeah some of the festival DJs aren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> right, before we move on and pile out a load more advice, let's do our first segment. Tune of the week. Okay, so every week we're going to look in our phone or our laptop and tell you what maybe the latest download is, the last thing we've been listening to, something that we're feeling this week. Um, so, I mean, I'll start. Yep. This is just something, yep. it's not really club music, but Ed Sheeran's yep. new collaborative album. I'm feeling that, are you? Number six. Next so level. I'm you listening like to it, it a lot because we're, I'm actually going to see Ed Sheeran in Roundy Park, which is a huge, huge park. There's going to be 75,000 people there. I'm well, going to see week, him live. Next week? Um, this week. It's this weekend, this is it? This yeah, week. this oh, weekend. Wow. This weekend, yeah. Um, so he's doing two dates there, and I just thought, you know, I need to get in the, yeah. the mood so to go good. see him. Like, he's, yeah. so it's a great album. I feel about him rapping with Eminem. Uh, I'm not sure about that one, but apart from that, yeah. it's, it's a pretty yeah. good album. No, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. It reminds it, me of the number five collaboration project, which was oh, is an that album. The Grime Artist. Yeah, it's yeah. an album yeah. he put together yeah. before we blew before up. Before he was big. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. And Jamie. I was like into my Jamie and stuff at Jamie the time, so that's why I first heard of it. I was like, oh my God, this yeah. guy's amazing. Yeah. So, which is the song then? Which is well, it's the whole oh, thing. The whole thing? Yeah. Fair enough. Album okay. of the week. Album of the week. Wow. Album, album, of the week. album of the week. I'm just, yeah, I'm just listening for it. I don't even know the song names. I'm just, I'm just listening there, no? it. Just putting it on, just listening right now. No standout tune so. on there for you. Um, I like the one I'll with Skrillex. To, I haven't got my phone on me. Oh, I know which yeah, one. Yeah, it's good. The, chat list, the so. one with Skrillex is really good. Yeah. But anything yeah. Skrillex touches is just amazing. Yeah. Right, next person. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, so there's this new young up and coming rapper. Well, he's not even up and coming. He's pretty blowing up. He's called H. So if you're into hip hop, if you're not from the UK, uh, there's a huge hip hop scene now in the, in the UK, um, and the tune is "Taste" by H. Yeah, and good. really good. The, the the kind of vibe of it, if you know, like Tiger instrumentals, like "Taste" and "Swish," it's kind of that, but with a, a kind of a UK vibe. And this guy's from Manchester as well, so it's not your typical kind of London, South London rapper. Yeah. Um, it's a really different kind of flow and a like a different sound to his voice as well. So yeah, he's got that strong, like strong. He's Manchester got a really accent. strong accent, yeah. and it's and it's so it's new. It's like it's fresh on your ears. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, taste by H. He's he's not known in America yet. No, 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 no. Uh, you you might want to say how you spell H because it's not how you think. H is A I T C H. Yeah. Um, and he's got loads of loads of stuff as well, like loads of trap beats that he raps on and things yeah. like that. So um, yeah, H uh, taste. Nice recommendation. Uh-huh. Yeah, good tune, yeah. Danny. Good tune. Um, mine is it was released last Friday it's a new tune by Anti Up which is a collab project between Chris Lake and Chris Lorenzo wow yeah, I've listened to them both for like level. a long time I'm yeah. mad mad fan on both I've DJ'd with Chris Lake you know really it was at Habit eight years ago yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah he's wow. yeah he's done stuff yeah, around here like yeah, yeah. a long time ago I've heard yeah. yeah he um yeah they started up this project called Anti Up and the music they're putting out together is like just like two geniuses have come together and made yeah. this like crazy yeah, sound so good new, so they put a new tune out last Friday called Right Now. Really, really good. Nice. Anti-up right now. Go check it out. Yep. Holland, what about yourself? 
Africa. Africa by Toso. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going to be every week, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it is. Um, I actually don't really have one Come because on. these two have just kind of taken the time I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> It's a bit annoying because I did mention before this was rolling that I was going to say H. I, but, play, um, I was playing H over there while we were talking about it. <laughs> you can both have H. We can both have H. That's, 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 it's that's a good song. We'll, we'll go with H. We'll go with H. To be fair, the, the, yeah, shows it's, how good it is, it is a very, very, um, especially at the student gigs, it goes off. Big time. So it's, uh, it's a great change. Share the H. Shout out to H. Nice. Right, let's get back into the discussion. So... The big question, who you know versus what you know, uh -huh. right? There's yep. pros and cons to this. And this oh, is yeah, a big yes, thing for any beginner DJ out there. They think, do I need to learn more? Do I need to network more? Do I need to do both? What is more important? So let's break this down. Has anyone got anything they want to say about who you know versus what you know? Do you think one's more important than the other? I think, I think the DJs stand the test of time and are here 10 years down the line. You know, people have actually taken it to a career level where this is all they do. Have a bit of both. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. to, you have to, I don't care if you're the best DJ in the world, you have to know people to get you in the right places. Yeah. But at the same time, I know many, many DJs, we all do, that have done that, but don't have the skills to make it a long-term thing. Yeah. So no. people get very quickly bored of the same routines or the same, mm -hmm. I've learned one trick and I'm going to do this all the time. Yeah. And they get dropped very quickly. So they show up, <laughs> then they disappear. I think the people that have lasted the test of time have got the skills they might not be necessarily the most talented DJs, mm -hmm. but they're also the ones who know enough people as well. And it's about getting a balance. I mean, if you yeah. are insanely talented, like Danny, for example, is an insanely talented DJ, and he also got to know Jamie, and he got to know the right people at the right places. And you can be one more than the other, but I think you yeah. have yeah. to have an element of both. Um, to just, stick it just out. going off that, like Danny had the skills, and then it was I put out, you know, as, as a thing on on Facebook or whatever, like a, a post or something, and he reached out, but he still posted like a mix to me. He posted a mix I could listen to, so I, I got to listen to those skills and then make a decision and go, okay, I want to know more, I want to learn more, I want to meet him, and then I met him, and he had the right sort of, you know, way about him, and yeah, it, exactly. it, it was, you know. It, it was it was a bit of both, but if he didn't have the skills there in the first place, then I would have just moved on to the next DJ exactly. who, so who I mean, commented it's on be a my bit post. Of on it. like, it's got to so be a bit of both. Yeah, sure. I think so anyway. I think definitely in that initial phase, um, you've got to have the skills to back it up. Yeah. Otherwise, you might you might you know your best friend might be a promoter, and you might get a gig at your best friend's night or something, but it's not going to go any further than that. And the last thing you want to do is not know much. Turn up to this gig that's that's great. I've got my first gig, but actually not be able to do a good job there yeah, and, and hinder your yeah, career yeah. a little bit as well. You're always going to be looking over your shoulder because there's always going to be someone that's more talented than you coming yeah. through the ranks. Exactly. It's going to want to take your gig. And well, you know, DJ rule one hundred and one: if you need to get cover, don't yes. don't send someone that's as good as you. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just, just how it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think you send someone that's as good as you as long as you know them well enough that they won't take your gig. But you never, never take anyone that's desperately that's, looking for work and yeah. is better than you. That's a no, no. I'd say something that's super important in this is get good at it first before you start saying to people, oh, yeah. I can DJ, I'm a good DJ, yeah. put me on this venue. Like yeah. It's all well and good saying you can do this. And I know there's people who have got gigs out there mm. who say they can do stuff. But it's like when it comes to the real thing, yeah. you've got to back it up. You can't just say, yeah, don't put, I mean? yeah, don't put something on your yeah, resume. We, yeah, like we had, we had recently. I was looking for a DJ to cover one of the venues I used to work at. Um, again, that was me being nice to the venue I used to work at because I believe in this. Is, goes back to the relationships with your people you work with and being 
a nice guy is still there. What about who you know? Exactly, who you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're keeping that link there. So, and they've reached out to me and said, "Can you use a hound?" And um, I spoke with with the boys about this earlier on in the week about the, the the mannerisms of some of the people that were approaching me and approaching the venue about the gig, how they were promising the world and wanted to be treated like a rock star. They were asking for accommodation and travel to be paid. And, and sorry and, about that. <laughs> and, um, and demanding that they uh, were allowed to play a certain style of music which didn't fit with the venue and to be honest it was really jarring and quite eye-opening for me that DJs are going about their business in that way at the moment like these are DJs that don't didn't deserve that I w- none of these people here would have spoken to a venue in yeah. that way mm. yeah, and, yeah. and for someone who I'd not heard of before after 10 years of working in this scene locally yeah. to come to me and, and start demanding that they get to play this song or they get to get this paid for and get this and that. Yeah. It instantly put them on, I don't want to work with them list. Um, and I think having that right attitude when you're approaching people is so I feel like important. now it's a very different time though. Like back when I first started DJing, which isn't really that long ago, I feel like in such a short space of time, it's changed a lot because I, I remember when I was playing at these bars and like after I'd been there for you know, six months to getting towards a year, I was terrified to be like, oh, could I have a little bit extra money? Yeah, because yeah. I, I felt like, drink? I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you feel like, like it's still uh, a privilege. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, even though they were going to be paying me 10 pounds more, I was still like, oh my God, should I be asking for this? Should I, do yeah, I need to yet? Do I have yeah, this experience? Yeah. And then there was one time that I asked and the guy was like, I think you should wait a little bit longer until you have more experience. And I was like, you know what, fair enough. But like yeah. now, like you say, there's people demanding stuff. I think it goes back to again who you know. So if 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 you are a DJ out there and you are having your first point of contact to build a relationship or to expand your network into some, you know, if you've had to reach out to them mm. as in a promoter, yeah. you can't go demanding the world. You can't go asking for anything. You've got to listen to what they want and and respond to what they want. If a promoter's come to you and is like specifically i want this new dj because he's going to bring the best to my venue then you might have a bit more you know well i want to do this i think this might work and have a bit more say in it because they've come to you and they're looking at you as you know a value and an asset i think you've you've got to think about how you're setting your stall out as a proposition this you know if you're going to go to people and say i want this that and the other you've got to be able to back it up Uh, and a lot of people do that in the way of facebook these days and soundcloud pages and mixcloud and having a big social following and saying i could do this for you because i've got twenty thousand people behind which is which is essential is a Uh, way of of doing that if you if you're literally wanting to act like Bit diva. Of, a bit of a the diva. That's, yeah, that's the word. If you want to be a bit of a diva, and I want this, I want that. And, and you think that's going to impress the venue? Don't be daft. We're, yeah. we're living in a yeah. 21st century. They're going to check your social medias. Yeah. They're yeah. going to check your pages. Um, you know, yeah. I, 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 I work for companies that take me uh, abroad and they wanted to see my socials and I've been doing this 10 years. Like for you to come onto the scene and then be yeah. like, I want this, that and the other. And they expect us not to start looking at what, what have you done before? Okay, what's your social network background yeah. what's this what's the other have you got any uh, is there anyone i know that i can speak to that may have worked with you to give you a good reference point yeah. you know these are the checks that venues are gonna be doing because at the end of the day you play the wrong song you're gonna clear the venue out and it's gonna cost them money and lost bar sales yeah. and mm-hmm. bad reputation and it's important that you are um giving off a trustworthy picture of yeah you can trust me with your customers yeah i'm gonna provide more sales to your business not yeah. clear your dance floor not clear your venue out and and this just isn't like an important thing for beginners as well this is also like 
we've all, I'm sure we've all seen those DJs who have the following, who have those big stat numbers or whatever, but still don't have them skills to keep. Yeah, yeah. And, and another thing is like to be a diva as well. Like, it's not a good look. Like it doesn't matter Never what your following's like. Just yeah, be a nice uh, person. If you are someone that's looking to become a resident DJ and turn DJ into a full time career, and you're going to be working in your local clubs and bars and things like that, then your job, realistic, one of your biggest jobs is to make that promoter or event organizer's life as easy as possible. Yeah. And to do that, what they want is for them to make it say, right, can you come play at my event? Yep, great. This is the wage. Cool. And then, then they shouldn't have to touch or talk to you ever again. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the time. best job Go you in, can do. do it. Exactly. If you're punctual, you're showing up, you're playing the right music, you're playing to the crowd, you're not trying to shut the venue early, you're playing to keep people and, in and, that venue. And, 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 listen, and listening to feedback as well. Exactly. Which, on board, is, yeah. which is a big one because some promoters will come up to you and say, oh, can you just change it up a little bit and, you know, don't be... Arrogant, arrogant enough to think that you know you know everything because yeah. You yeah. St- even after 10 12 years you, you still don't know feedback feedback good and being a, an, another top tip in this list is to be adaptive to your situations yeah try not to cause issue if the decks aren't to your preference yeah find a way of working around it you know we've yeah. got great tutorials online that you can view free charge on our youtube which show you how to adapt to certain situations in clubs like if you want to yeah. set your controller we're showing you how to do that. Yeah, do yeah. it. Don't don't try and argue about that. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. Try yeah. and be take take the responsibility on board and learn yeah. to adapt to that situation. Yeah. That will make a promoter and a club owner's life so much easier and paint you in a better picture in the long uh, yeah. run. Yeah, have fun as well. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. The, that's the main Definitely thing. Yeah, if you're having fun, most likely everyone else is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going back to what you know, then. So there's a lot of DJs out there. Um, who are all practicing religiously, who are like smashing it in the bedroom. So what makes one DJ stand out from another and and how much does what they know play a part in the set in the club or the party or the environment? Like, do they need to be able to do certain things? Does a DJ need to be able to scratch? No, I think number one no. rule, the number one thing you will ever learn as a DJ is how to read a crowd. Yep. And mm. if you can do that, if you can read a crowd, well, you will do better than being able to scratch well, for example. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm taking the crossfader scratching course at the moment. Yep. I'm learning to scratch. I'm not very good at it. It's something I've never been very good at. But I've been able to read a crowd for the last 10 years, and that's what's got me in my career in, in this yep. industry for the last 10 years. Yep. So it's all very well and good being able to be a very good routinist and being able to do town plays and, and yep. advanced transitions and things like that. But when it comes down to playing live, I think being able to read your crowd is a better yep. thing to be able to do. Hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely. Um, I, I remember when I was starting out. One of the big things I, I kind of looked at it that I got very confident with house music, with the, the four by four style of music, and I knew that as I turned eighteen, nineteen, these student companies started to approach me. I, I'd have to play more than that. You know, yeah. I couldn't just play that style of music. I was playing more specific nights at the time, and the events that I was putting on were a bit more specific in the music style, but. As I got older, I was like, well, I need to be able to play, you know, commercial music. I need to be able to play hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. I need to be able to play drum and bass, which was popular at the time. But because yep. you got the basics. That, that, that I'll never forget a quote that somebody told me was, if you can mix two tunes together, you can mix anything together. So as long as you've got the basics down, yep. yeah. you know, you're, you can be yeah. good to go in any kind of genre. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I, I forced myself to just practice with those other genres and yep. really get confident and obviously build my music library at the same time, but really get confident being able to play anything and know that if I go into a venue and they turn around and say you know what we need to just switch the genre up let's move to yeah maybe more hip-hop and R&B I'm like cool I got it and then and I'm confident in that That's as well another, another point that we go back to with who you know 
a lot of DJs out there that we we've all worked with who will religiously turn down gigs because it's not what they're not about. Their scene. Oh, yeah. I, I only play I only hard play house. house. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't complain when you've got no gigs. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be adaptive. Yeah, and we see a lot of of this, especially locally, of people wanting to be pigeonholed into one niche segment. Yeah. And, and, and and this is all preferential because you I mean, might, if that's you what might you only do. want to do that. If you want to make house tunes and be a house DJ, then... Feel free, yeah, feel yeah. Th- you know, that's your thing. Yeah, that but if, you, if, if you're... Always... Be a, if you want to be a working DJ, which is what we're kind of talking about at the minute, yeah, yeah you're going to have to... Yeah, if learn. you want to take it from the bedroom to the club and... Yeah. and and have it as a as a yeah. living, as an income, as a as a profession. Let's be honest. Who, be let's be honest. Who really only likes one type of music? Like, yeah. I like the Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, be adaptive and yeah. and like yeah. I say, have fun with it. Yeah. You got to think as well. You know, you're looking at people. You know, people might be looking at DJs that are on those festival stages and looking. Oh, they're playing this music. They're a big producer, and they've yeah. you know they've made it in their career. But mm. I guarantee they didn't start there, and yeah. they will have played those those residencies they yeah, will have Demi played Greta. their local clubs before yeah. they were a name they will have got that experience yeah, yeah. was a, a resident dj for years before he yep. blew up yeah. um as was calvin harris um avici if you want an example of this music mm. thing we talked about with uh, different tastes and influences of music listen to avici's um tim album that's just come out there's folk influences in yeah, there. Yeah, there's, sure. there's there's all sorts i mean the ed Sheeran album is another great example of yeah, how yeah, one yeah. artist like you know adapted to different genres and, and you, yeah. you can find skills i've found skills when mixing r and b that i actually Didn't move across know. to my house sets to 100%. make more flares in my house sets oh i might just do a little bit of a, a baby scratch yeah. on this what like you know that's yeah. an r&b thing that i've taken into house so this is something that i religiously taught in when i was teaching one-to-one and also in the online courses is that i do teach a lot across all genres even if you don't want to play a certain genre as an end goal learning to mix it just it provides so much more creativity so many more ideas that you can you know adapt and apply to the music that you actually love and you want to mix and it just opens up so many more yeah i mean if you're able to play almost every genre you will get offered gigs in almost every genre and that allows you to then choose the gigs that suit you yeah where if you're waiting for that perfect gig it may never come around and you may not meet the people you need to meet and build the relationships you need to build to get to the point where you want to be at so yeah. I think being flexible, especially in your early days, being adaptive to the situation yeah. is massively yeah. helpful for what you want to achieve. So anything else? So there's DJs sat there in the bedroom and they want to get that first gig. Are there any actionable points you think we could give those DJs to be like, right, and remember there's people all over the world here from yeah. big towns to really small towns to you know major cities and everything in between. So you know, what are these key points that people need to be working on? You've got to get your socials in check. Yep, you've got to have a resume of what you can do, um, whether that's you know your SoundCloud mixes, your MixCloud mixes, some, some DJ videos. Um, you know, you, you don't have to put all your energy into everyone. You know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but, but you they know, make sure you well. got make sure you got at least one or two that's really strong, um, because like it's I like said, your it's, CV almost. it is a CV, and it's a, it's so easy now for you to approach a club and they'll go right, you know, link me to your. Facebook page and if your Facebook page says you know one following and you got no posts then it's just not it's, that's it that's, o- that's over then you know? they want to be able to go and say okay, say, oh, okay you, you can, can you can mix and it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be of you know Jazzy Jeff levels it doesn't have to be like unbelievable it just has to you know prove what it's you solid, can yeah. do yeah. Um, and that's you know that is the way in it's a yeah. really quick way and a club promoter will say right yeah you can do the job come in for a trial 
Oh, we'll see what you can do for, in a club for an hour, whatever. Yep, go and out. There you go. I think go out, support your local scene, support your local, local nightlife. So go out to the clubs, even if you're not working. Might not be a club you necessarily are that bothered about, but if you go out and learn your city and learn your local area well, yeah. you know what each venue is kind of known for. You know what each DJ is doing. Go introduce yourself to these DJs. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. linger too much. Some people don't like people in the DJ box, but introduce yourself. Get yourself known. Add them on Facebook. Go yeah. to the venues. D- understand d- what's going on. DJs like to be connected with other people. I, mean, I think there's a there might be like a uh, assumption that you know it's quite a pretentious kind of place and it's very clicky. But we like to network as much as possible. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you if you are, if you're up and coming, you just saying hello to a DJ. I guarantee ninety percent of them. I remember will, young, will want to young Charlie Hepworth asking if he could come down to my venue and yeah. video my DJ set yeah. and give me the video footage. There you go. And, and you know, um, look at him now. So like, yeah. the, go out, network. Don't be shy. Yeah. Uh, and learn your scene, learn what each club wants. So then if you do get called in and it's like, oh, uh, we need you at this club and you go, oh, I've not been there. I don't know what it's like. You, if it's local to yeah. you, I feel like you should probably know. You should go out and support that scene. I mean, 100%. I, I've been DJing best part of 12 years and only the last two, maybe three years I've put in effort to my socials and it's been the most successful kind of two years of my whole life. So yeah. Yeah. just goes to show. I mean, you can take, you know, what you already know, uh, if you've already got a decent career mm-hmm. and if you inject something into your yep. brand and your socials, you can take it up another level Big because, time. you know, you've already t- ticked some of those other boxes. So of course, it's, yeah. it's a way of yeah, it really... You can, always, you can always learn and go further. Big time. Yeah, never push at it the further. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think, quick story time. Yeah. Story, story time. Story time. I'm excited about this one because I've not heard it. Yes, I am okay, as well. Right. I want to sit back and listen go, to this one. Go so this is kind of like start. a collab story with yeah. me and Jamie. This is, um, we were, I can't remember if it was like the first one we did. or There was there was basically this event that was put on at this venue in Leeds. And it was like a, a back room of a club, wasn't it? It was yeah, like, like it a was room two kind of thing, but yeah. it was its own venue in a way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we played it this night and it was like a... It was just a fun night. It was a mashup yeah, night. Just We're a playing everything night. from like Fleetwood Mac to current music to yeah. to to you know rock and indie to drum and bass to just every genre. Yeah, Total mashup night. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. Cra- crowd are really responsive <laughs> and just loving it. And the whole night's going really well. And we're thinking, yeah, this is great. You yeah. know, um, yeah. I just remember we we're having like such a good time. And then like our DJ bags were like behind us and it was like the DJ booth was kind of like in this staircase. Yeah. Right. Under so the stairs, like in an alcove. Yeah, like oh, under okay. the stairs. But it was like, it was really good. We were having like a great time. The crowd was sick and we were having a really fun night. And then like I went back to my bag and then <laughs> it was kind of just like a little <laughs> bit hazy. And I was like, all right, it could maybe be a smoke, smoke machine that's around the other side of the stairs. Yeah. And then carried on DJing a little bit, turned back around again. A little bit more hazy this time. I was like, right, right, I can wait. smell some. Can you this, smell smoke? Yeah, I was like, can you smell smoke? And like, I thought nothing of it really. And look back again. I was like, all right, I can really smell smoke this time. And Walk around the stairs. I've run out of the DJ booth. <laughs> Jamie's still on. I run around the stairs. And there's literally just this speaker like bursting out flames. You're like this is completely dead. Yeah. It's, just like, it's like it had like fuel in it. There was flames firing out. Like just oh firing out of the speaker. Out, and I was, yeah. and like no one at the bar had like rushed to it or anything. It's like, because it was quite what, busy at the time. What, what tune were you playing to create such fire? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wish I remember. And then I just like, <laughs> I just ran to the bar and I was like, 
is there a fire extinguisher? And, and then the people behind the bar was like, what are you all about? <laughs> I was like, that's that's fire. I was like, the speaker is on fire. And they're like, oh, I'll go sort it now. And it's like, they didn't even care. The thing is, it was oh underneath this staircase. So right above the speaker is this staircase that could have very easily- Could be a fire escape. Yeah. It could have escalated quickly. I and know, yeah. I'm looking from the DJ booth as I'm doing, I'm like, that's a genuine big fire going yeah. on under yeah. there. Like that's not just, you know, it took a bit of, quite a lot of fire extinguishers to get yeah. it out. But the oh night, the night, you know, they, they put the fire out. Everyone's like, Carried cool, on. yeah. The music was still playing at the yeah. time. Yeah. And everyone just carried have, on. And we have, just carried the party on, didn't we? Have you ever yeah. had a fire, Loz? I've had a fire. I've had a fire I in a gig. I think so. And I tell you what I do do is whenever, fire, cause fire alarms go off in clubs. Yeah, so fire yeah. alarms. Um, yeah. Um, what the, the roof, the, the roof, the roof, roof is on fire. I'd always play because the fire alarms usually cut off the music. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Back yeah. On. yeah. When I, I always play if, if if there's if there's a fight in the club, I'll always play kung fu fighting. Kung fu fighting. Oh, yeah, that's 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 there's no yeah. funnier yeah. sight than seeing yeah. lads have a fight or girls have a fight and you playing yeah. kung fu fighting. Because yeah. they kind of like, stop and they go, eh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I just throw in Spice Girls and all like Backstreet Boys, and I was like, what? We're fighting to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diffuses the situation. Big time. Yeah, yeah. I'd um, I'd Back in the my early days of going out to clubs, before everything went LED with the lights, there used to be these lights called uh, clay packy golden scans. These are huge, huge light units. So there's some at prison behind the DJ box, right. and they uh, use massive bulbs. I think like 1,200 watts. I mean, the, you have to uprate your power Big system ones. to Big to ones. run them. Yeah. And they had to be dusted and cleaned out regular because they obviously get so hot with so uh, much power yeah, going yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> I remember one night looking up at the lighting rig. So there was a, a trussing system around the dance floor with all these lights shining in. I remember, again, the same thing of the smell. It's like, hmm, it smells like burning. <laughs> looking up, and one of these lights was properly on fire. Just staring at it like, oh, but because yours was at least on the floor. This is hanging up in yeah, the air. Yeah, like, yeah. What do we do about that then? Like, what do we do? So in the middle of the night, the, the guy just gets the ladders out, turns oh the lamp, God. turns the light system off and just goes up in the ladder, just sprays it out, unplugs it from the wall, pulls the rest of the lights back on and we continue. And no and one, no one, no one was really any the wiser apart from everyone Jeez. that was involved in trying to get this fire out. I, I think I'll just run off. <laughs> it's Save yourself. I'm not going to mention the venue because it was questionable. Hey, the health yeah. and safety method yeah, was that, maybe but not, maybe it not, did, did kill the night off. You got to get get it done though, haven't you? I suppose. Yeah, get it, get it out. The, the dance floor is always paramount. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the roof is on fire yeah, above yeah. the heads, don't stop the don't music. Don't stop the music. Or it, well, that is pretty much how nightclubs are operated, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never stop the music. And that concludes story time. So coming to the end of this week's episode, any final tips, any final things we want to say about getting gigs and moving from bedroom to, to clubs or parties, anything you want to conclude on? Yeah, don't don't take it too serious what we've said. I mean, yeah. just all, we all had fun with it, doing what we were doing in yeah. the beginning. That's the main thing. Don't put pressure. Don't be like, right, I need to you know, be in clubs in six months' time or something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. have fun, like... On the course, get get yourself one of the courses, have fun with it, and yeah, just enjoy it before you even start thinking yeah, about it. Because point. you might just you might after six months, it might not be for you. You, you never yeah. know. It, but just have fun with it initially, and then yeah, if it goes somewhere, great. Always be prepared. So make yeah. sure you're not slacking on. If you're putting up regular mixes, keep putting up. Keep regular, even if you don't see anything consistency. back from it, yeah, consistency is key. Keep that consistency yeah. because then when the opportunity comes about, whether it's a Halloween night and the 
there's not enough DJs or whether it's some DJs ill and the promoter's looking for a friend that can do it. You've got to be ready there with all of your sound cards, with everything that says, I am a confident DJ. I'm a, you know, I'm a good DJ. I'm a reliable person. And be ready for that because and the worst thing, the last thing you want is to get an opportunity and not be ready for it. Yeah. Yes. And just touching on what Lord said about, you know, have fun with it. No two DJ stories are the same. No, I've no. never met a DJ that's had yeah. the same story as me um, yeah. and everyone's story yeah. is different and you will create your own path. Yeah. So don't take this as gospel. Take it just as some advice from people that have been there in various mm-hmm. situations and just try and take on board what we said. But like I said, don't treat it as gospel because everyone's story is different. Everyone Big makes time. their own path in, in this industry. Yeah. And, yeah. and don't get too disheartened by any knockbacks. Oh, it yeah, because there's a lot everyone. of them. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot yeah. of There'll always be times where you'll do a gig and you might not get booked again from the same gig. And it's like, yeah. don't yeah. feel bad about that. Like Try and take any negative experience and yeah, yeah. learn from it and turn it into turn a positive. It into a yeah, yeah couldn't, couldn't agree more. It happens in everything, so just yeah. roll with yeah. it. Yep. And if you are wanting to turn it into a full-time thing and not just a hobby, so, you know, quit a day job and just be a full-time DJ, then you've got to be adaptable no matter what yep. you think. You've got to be adaptable yep. and always be prepared as well that you're going to be self-employed and there are ups and downs in that. So don't just, you know, think everything's going good now. It's always going to be going good because mm-hmm. there's even just down to the fact of knowing that here in the UK, when it's in, in summertime, all the students go home and the student nights all stop. So, for example, at the moment, Danny, you're, you only work really in term time. Yep. Obviously, you work here as well, but yep. you, you only work gigging in term time, mm-hmm. but you're aware of that and you plan your year around that so yeah. you don't have to rely on suddenly yeah. finding extra gigs in summer when they all die down. So, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A bit of advice I was given really early on in my DJ career Um that nightclub I first learned at was never to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, I yes. had I had done that. I was working Monday, Friday, Saturday in the same venue. I got told by many DJs who were older and wiser than me, you 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 really shouldn't be doing this. You've just left your day job. You, you it might bite you on there. Yep. And yep. I was like, no, 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 no. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And the manager left of his own accord. He retired. Got a new manager in, and the first thing he did was sack me from two of the nights. Yeah, because yeah. he wanted to bring his own DJs. And that's that's, listen- that's happened to me as well, by the yeah, way. Not because he'd listened to me; he'd just yeah. come in with his own team, he his had own his own guys. ideas, and, sure, and, my, to most and of us. my eggs yeah. were in one basket. So, yeah. yeah, that's another bit of advice that I can pass on. It may not be wise if you're relying on one yeah. source. Spread your spread your eggs. Yep. Nice. So, good luck to all the DJs listening. Yep. If you are one of those beginner DJs that has hopefully taken a lot of advice from us or even just some insight from us, then yeah, good luck for those next stages in your career. Anyone that's listening that wants to comment with some of their own stories or things that are maybe relevant that they've thought about from listening to this podcast, then if you're on YouTube, drop the comments below. Um, we'd really appreciate a review on on Apple's podcast if, if you listen via there. And obviously you can find us on Spotify as well. Thanks again for listening. Thank um, you. And yeah, yeah if you Cheers, want to hit man. up our socials, we can, we're at We Are Crossfader on Instagram. We Are Crossfader on um, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash We Are Crossfader. And again, if you just search YouTube for Crossfader, you'll we've got our, find Obviously, us. we've got our community forums live at the moment. So yep. we're, we're all in there interacting yep. with people on our website, wearecrossfader.co.uk. Okay. Sign up on there free of charge and join our forums if you want to chat to us in yeah. there as well. We'll be starting some um, ideas for the podcast, a, a topic in there where you yeah, can definitely. contribute some ideas and things you want to hear us talk about as well. So yeah, go check that out. And again, thanks for listening. Cheers. We'll Catch see you, you all again one. next time. See you.